Boom blast. And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast, Raps Post Game Show. My name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you for joining me once again, Raptors fans, right after a big win by the Toronto Raptors. I mean, I might dare to say maybe their most impressive win of the season. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. Raptors were down by as many as 17 points in that game. But battle back to win 122-114 in Memphis. And again, follow this podcast. I told you the other night, don't sleep on Memphis. Memphis is a legit, legit team. And they showed it tonight. The Raptors had to gut out this victory. Great win for the Toronto Raptors on the road to improve to 18-4. They've also won their sixth game in a row. Raptors fans, let me know how you feel. You can join in on the conversation on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Ask some questions. Hello, Instagram. I'm waving to you right now. Ask some questions there. Give me your comments. Who you think was the MVP of the game? Who stood out to you the most? Let me know what you think. I'll read the comments on the show. Same thing goes for Twitter where this podcast is live after each and every Toronto Raptors game at Shell Alexander. Yes, this is the Wrap It Up Ball on Blast Raps post game show. Let me know what you guys think. That was an amazing, amazing game. I'm very impressed by this game. And I'll say this, going into this game against the Grizzlies, I knew the Grizzlies were legit, and I knew that it would be tough because it was a, a contrast of styles, right? The weird thing was... The Grizzlies got out to a big lead, almost playing the Raptors style. The Raptors weren't really playing defense in the first half at all. It was so weird because the game started with an 8-0 run from the Raptors. Memphis quickly called timeout. And then, boom, things switched. Memphis just took over. Memphis led at the end of one quarter, which was crazy. Both teams shooting over 60%, which made no sense, right? If you think about two teams that ranked in the top seven defensively in the NBA, and both teams get out to over 30 points in the first quarter. Both were shooting over 60%. Like, it was a crazy game to start. But the thing was, the Raptors' offense was looking good, right? They had ball movement. The bench came in and gave them some good minutes. CJ hit a couple threes. Even JV hit a three. Things were going well for the Raps. But Memphis just kept coming over and over again. They couldn't be stopped. The Raptors' defense just was, it wasn't there. You go back and you think Memphis, they had 11 points off turnovers in the second quarter alone. So it was almost like the Raptors were beating themselves, I guess you could say, right? They didn't get off to a good start at all. Uh, Shelvin Mack came off the bench, and he was killing Kyle Lowry for a little spurt there. But... The thing with Kyle Lowry, if you pay attention and you watch what's going on, Kyle Lowry is very good at pacing himself during the games, right? He's not going to ex expend so much energy early on in the game because he knows when it's closing time, that's when this team needs Kyle Lowry the most, right? So early on, second quarter, Kyle Lowry's kind of still feeling out the game defensively. But I'm going to give a lot of credit to Nick Nurse because the way that the first half ended, and it ended on a crazy Grizzlies run where they ended up leading 71-59 at halftime. Raptors gave up 39 points in the second quarter. Even into the start of the third, the Raptors were still down 15 and could not get stops. But then things started to change. I'm going to give Nick Nurse a lot of credit here because 
there are a lot of things that he did differently. And one of the things, if you go back to early on in this season of the Wrap It Up podcast, right? A lot of the guys, whether it was Q, whether it was Mikey, whether it was Ola, what they talked about that they liked so much about Nick Nurse was that Nick Nurse is making moves and he's not being reactive. He's being proactive. First thing I'll give you on that is to start the game, you might have thought this was a JV start, right? It would make more sense for this, the way that the matchups have been going so far to start the season. You would think this might have been a JV game. No, he starts Surge. Why? Because the Raps wanted to dictate the pace. They wanted to get up and down and get Memphis going. And you know what the weird thing is that we might not have realized right away while it was happening in the first half? While Memphis was playing up and down and running up and down with the Raptors, they don't have the depth of the Raptors. So they can't sustain that for the entire game. So Mike Connolly and Mark Gasol, who have to carry a lot of the load for the Grizzlies, Gasol played 39 minutes in that game. You could see him not knocking down shots at the end of the game. Early on, and for the majority of the game, he's hitting threes like it's nothing. When you're a little bit tired, your legs aren't as under you as much, and you start missing shots. And we saw that from Mike Connolly late as well. Mike Connolly, you look at it, and you thought he had a great game, but then he finishes, he only shot 7 of 19 for 20 points. Again, no legs at the end of the game, and that's what happens. You miss shots. On the flip side, though, Look at the Toronto Raptors and their depth. This game might be like, we see it every night, right? The Raptors depth and what that means to how they're able to succeed in the NBA. But tonight was a great example because when they come back in the third quarter, when they start to make the run, it's the starters, right? These guys deed up Kawhi, Kyle, Danny Green, Siakam. These guys deed up. They're playing defense. And that really, when they started to get stops, the offense was never really the problem, right? So they started to get things rolling. But as the game progresses, and now you go back to your bench, Memphis is playing their starters. While Freddie, DeLon, these guys are starting to cook. These guys were going at Memphis's starters. And Memphis doesn't have the depth that the Raptors do. Again, not many teams in the NBA have the depth that the Raptors do. Not many teams have a guy like Fred Van Fleet coming off their bench. Fred Van Fleet has to be the MVP or king of the court, as we like to call it here on the Wrap It Up podcast. Freddie, 18 points. It's not just that, though. He's perfect in this game. In fact, he was 6 of 6 from the floor, 3 of 3 from the three-point line, and then the only shot he missed in this game was a free throw. (laughs) Remember, kids, they're called free throws because they're free. Always make your free throws, kids. But anyways, it's besides the point. Great game by Fred Van Fleet. And he's been on a roll as of late. And when the bench is cooking like that, when Freddie is is not only what he did with the bench mob, but even when the starters came back in, because he ends up closing the game with Kawhi and Kyle. We saw multiple plays, whether it was Kawhi or Kyle, driving. You see a pass, another pass. Freddie's wide open, corner three. Raptors in their corner threes, right? We talk about it all the time going back to last year and Nick Nurse's offense and how they like to practice and how they like to find those corner threes, right? Remember, these guys were practicing where corner threes are worth four points. That's how they practice. So it's why? Because now you get in the game and you know when you're driving, someone's going to be fading to the corner to get one of those shots. And these guys knock them down. 
Freddie, it's not only the points that Fred had in this game, but it's when they came. Those were big threes on the way back and into the Raptors getting the lead. Great game had by Fred, but the bench really did a great job in this game because even OG, who I felt had an up-and-down game, it was kind of tough at points where he looked like he was struggling, but he stuck with it. He even hit a big three in that run the Raptors made to get back into this game, right? And you look at the tail of two quarters, or two halves, really. The Grizzlies had 71 points. Or sorry, what did I say? 39 points they scored in the second quarter. Compare that to the fourth quarter where the Grizzlies scored just 17 points. The Raptors stepped up their defense, and Connolly and Gasol ran out of gas because you can't keep a team that plays that slow can't pay, play that fast pace against the Raptors for a whole game. But also, the depth of the Raptors comes through again, right? In that game, Kyle Lowry, who had, I don't know, this was a great Kyle Lowry game. And I know I gush about Kyle Lowry a lot because I really think that he is the most important guy to the Toronto Raptors. And it's because it's the little things that won't always show up in the box score, but it's the big threes that he would get it's a big defensive plays that he would get. The plays that I always equate to Chauncey Billups, real basketball heads, this might be a little deep dive for you, but I equate these plays to Chauncey Billups, would do this all the time. And it's when the other team would be on a run and your offense is kind of struggling, Chauncey would always have a way that he would drive into the lane and like nudge into the defender to force the ref into calling a foul so that he could get to the free throw line knock down some easy free throws, and end the other team's run. We saw Kyle Lowry do that at least two or three times in this game. He paced himself so well in this game to then in the fourth quarter, he was knocking down big-time shots. He was all over the place making plays, whether it was a rebound, whether it was getting an assist. It was just a very impressive game by the Toronto Raptors in this game where the Grizzlies were in control for the majority of it. And the way that the Raptors came back, yes, it started at the defensive end, but it started with a change by Nick Nurse. If you remember the start of the run the Raptors made in the third quarter, in the middle of it, Nick Nurse decides, you know what? Let's switch things up. Going to switch things up. We're going to go zone. And he just does it for a couple possessions. And what that does is it just changes the look that the Grizzlies are getting. And it forces them to make an, like, instead of just reacting, now you're thinking about it before you make a move. And those three possessions, I think Connolly ended up chucking up a three and missing. Then they pass it to Jackson in the post. And he's thinking now because in the zone, you're thinking twice about where the help's coming, right? Because people aren't guarding a man, they're guarding an area. So now when you get the ball in the paint, you're not really sure who's going to be the first person to rotate over, right? And he traveled. That was two back-to-back -back plays in a row. Then, uh, I think a possession after that, a possession after that was Gasol then ends up settling for a bad three. And that's what happens when you play zone. You think that you're getting an open look from three, but almost it's designed to make, it, make you feel that, make you settle for that three-point shot that you probably shouldn't really take. And that really changed the game. It did. Let me take a look here, see what the people are saying, because I feel like Raptors fans are probably fired up after this game. Uh, someone here in on Instagram says, Nick Nurse is actually a surgeon. <laughs> I mean, Nick Nurse, 
he had himself a good game. And the he adjusts so well, I think, to like he doesn't stick to a set rotation, right? You you go in with a game plan, you know who's gonna go in at what times, but he adjusts so well. Even at the very end of the game, where obviously he went with the starters a little longer in the third quarter because they were making such a good run and they cut the lead down to I wanna say five before he went to the bench. So that normally would mean that you'd expect a longer rest for the starters in the fourth quarter. And you saw Kawhi come back, and then he went to the bench. Memphis made a little mini run, and then, nope, bring back Kawhi and Serge. They got to come back. It's just adjustments on the fly. It's just little, little tweaks here and there, and the Raptors just look. That's a great win. That is a great team win. Uh, sorry, I got to go back. Uh, lots of people here in the comments. Uh, let's see here. I'm scrolling back to the top so I don't miss anyone here. Uh, someone in the chat says, this is a game we lose last year. I definitely agree with that. I mean, the way that that game was going, not only is that a game that the Raptors lose last year, that might be a game that they get blown out in last year. No? Um, continue scrolling. Just a simple Fred Van Fleet. Yep, got to agree with that. Crazy game by Freddie. Another comment, bet on yourself. For those who don't know, that's like the slogan of Fred Van Vliet. It's, it was just a great game. Those guys get so much confidence once the way that DeLon and Freddie work together and the ball movement when those guys are pushing the ball up the floor, driving into the paint, and they're, move, they're moving, there's constant movement. Guys end up getting open shots. You see one corner three go down, and then you're just confident to shoot the next one. Even DeLon. Same thing happened with him, right? He ends up hitting a big three down the stretch. The Raptors were down by 17 in this game. <laughs> like, as the comeback was happening, you're watching it and you knew that they needed to get stops. I wasn't really worried about the offense. They needed to get stops, and they did that. And then, I think at the start, no, at the very end of the third quarter, I tweeted, this game is going to come down to the bench mob, right? The Raptors need the bench mob to make a run here. And they did. And the Raptors won. Uh, someone else saying, yep, Connolly and Gasol got gassed. I figured they would clamp down defensively in the second half, but damn, very true. Uh, my guy C. Brown, shouts to C. Brown, says, not going to lie, I'm impressed with the Raps' comeback. They were turning it over, missing shots, bad officiating, both sides. They could have easily folded. That is true. The refs in this game were atrocious. There were so many just bad calls on both sides. Like, I don't know, who was it that got a technical? Someone got a technical early on. In, oh, it was Serge. Serge got a technical early on for basically just sighing and saying, like, who knows what he said. But he just appeared to, like, throw his arms in the air, got teed up. Then later on, and they told you on the broadcast that they could hear uh, slow-mo Kyle Anderson cussing out the ref. No technical foul. Like, it's just so weird. There is no continuity at all from between the calls. There was one point where Kawhi ended up shooting free throws when blatantly Kyle Anderson, like, ducked out of the way of Kawhi trying to lean in. They still ended up <laughs> giving him the free throw calls. Like, it just made no sense. There's so many just bad calls. DeLon Wright getting called for a carry with, like, five... No, I think it was, like, six or seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, but... 
a pivotal point in the game. You could call carrying on every possession in the NBA. You don't call carrying there, right? This is a weird game. But again, it was on both sides. So I guess the one thing you hope for is consistency with the calls. I guess <laughs> that's one way to look at it. Uh, that was an amazing comeback. Sorry, I'm just reading more because the comments are really filling up here. So I'm going to try to read the comments here. Uh, it could have been so easy to let this game go once they were down 17, but they kept pushing. It's true. And just the way that that team plays, the way that the Raptors play, how deep they are, when the bench mob comes in, it's just a, it, an extra, it's an extra squad to just like go. Can't be stopped. Um, switching over, and there's more comments as I switch over to Periscope, which is Twitter, at Shell Alexander. And uh, here we have someone that says, uh, a tweeter writes in, Freddie stays ready. He definitely does. Uh, Mike Connolly kind of gave us the game at the end there. Connolly got gas at the end. That's why it pays to be deep. So true. Mike Connolly was getting into the lane however he wanted to in the first half. And I'm not saying the Raptors rope-a-dope them. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it was a strategy to tire them out. Definitely not going to give the Raps and Nick Nurse that much credit. But that's essentially what happened in this game. The Grizzlies came out running in this game, running and gunning in this game. But if you're not used to playing that style and your starters have to play that many minutes where they don't get to chill on defense, right? You're Mike Connolly. You're going from guarding Kyle Lowry to guarding Freddie, who was perfect from the floor. And the style of play, again, you got to play defense, that's why it's so important for the Toronto Raptors that if you're going to play this up-and-down, fast-paced offense, you have to be deep. It doesn't work if you're not a deep team. It just doesn't. And the Grizzlies found that out tonight. Uh, let's see. It will allow his dribble drive to work and actually allow the dish actually work. I think that's in reference to... I think that's in reference to Connolly. Um, but yeah, someone else says gush away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how, how can we not be gushing after that win? That was a crazy, crazy win by the Toronto Raptors. So many good things that I saw in that game that we all watch in that game. Shouts to Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka, he missed a three late. I wasn't even mad. Didn't even care that he took it and missed it. Didn't even care. Serge, do what you want, man. Serge continues the ball seven of 11 tonight, 16 points. And he played 35 minutes in this game compared to JV's 14. And again, that's just Nick Nurse playing the game, right? Serge was playing well when Serge was in the game with the starters. Um, in, in the third quarter, that was when the run was happening. You stick with Serge. It's simple, right? You stick with the hot hand. And it's not like JV played bad. JV, let's see here. Nine points in JV played 14 minutes. He was three of three, nine points for JV. He didn't play horribly. It's just Serge was maybe the better matchup, the faster matchup. I felt like with Serge on him, the faster guy, Gasol's got to guard Serge on the perimeter, which he's not really going to be able to do well. But also, it made Gasol just settle on the perimeter, I found. I feel like he settled a lot. Instead of playing to their strength, which was getting the ball down low in the paint. So shout out to Serge Ibaka. Serge played a great game. Kawhi Leonard, I mean, again, 17 points for Kawhi, 5 of 11 shooting. 
But I keep telling you guys to pay attention to the fact, and this is what makes a superstar. How else do you affect the game, right? And Kawhi Leonard, I know this whole thing about is Kawhi a leader and all that crap, and what does that even mean? We're not even in the locker room. We don't know who's an actual leader. Yes, Pop knows, but we also know that Pop is still hella salty, right? So what does that mean? I don't know. What I do know is that Kawhi Leonard affects the game in so many different ways. And so even if he's not scoring, which he scored 17 points, right? I think he's averaging a career high this year at 24, I want to say. Could be wrong. Someone will correct me in the, in the comments. But Kawhi has 17 points, but also adds another 10 rebounds, 10 defensive rebounds. That's back-to-back games for Kawhi with 10 defensive rebounds. Again, that is another form of defense, securing the defensive rebounds. Add in five assists from Kawhi. Like, it's crazy, this team, the way that these guys play, the way that they can affect the games in so many different ways. And this was a balanced attack. Kyle Lowry was the leading scorer with 24 points. But what about Danny Green? Him and Danny Green shooting the three, they were both, they were incredible in this game, right? Between the two of them, they combined to go 9 of 16 from 3. When you're shooting that well, that's like you're, you're not going to lose many games. When you're starting backcourt is doing that from behind the three-point line and playing pretty solid defense. Danny Green went 4 of 8 from 3. Kyle Lowry went 5 of 8 from 3. You're getting that production from your backcourt. It's tough to maintain. But again, the reason why I feel like they're able to do that at both ends of the floor is because of what you get from Delon and Freddie. Kyle seems so much more confident when Freddie is playing and playing well. It just allows him to, to cheat rest in different ways. He doesn't have to bring up the ball when he's on the floor. Obviously, if Freddie's going well, that means extended minutes for Freddie and Kyle gets to rest a little more. But this was just a Kyle Lowry game. And again, it's deeper than the box score. I don't even think the 24 points and six assists that Kyle got, I don't think that does justice for what he did in this game. It's an attitude. I know this is a, a, a phrase or something that gets tossed out way too much, but the swag that Kyle plays, when he knocks down that three in front of the bench and turns to them and lets them know about it, you know, that's, that's real. That's a thing. My guy C. Brown says, love this team, including Serge. I'm telling you, I went the complete opposite way on Serge Ibaka this year. I wasn't, this was the first time that I've seen Serge Ibaka step into a three that I would normally be like, no, Serge, don't shoot that. He missed it. I didn't even care. Just like, it's all right, Serge. You've earned the right to take those shots. This Raptors team, another thing I didn't really understand about the narrative heading into this game, though, I'm going to switch gears a little bit here. All the talk about the Raptors' schedule and who they've played so far this year, right? And everyone's talking about, oh, well, they had an easy schedule so far. Guys, they lost four games this season. And of those four games that they lost, they lost to Milwaukee on the second night of a back-to-back without Kawhi Leonard, right? They lost to the Pelicans, where Drew Holiday and some guy mostly don't even know, Etwan Moore, shot the lights out and just... It was a crazy performance. Then you go to losing at the buzzer to 
Detroit, where the Raptors could have won that game, right? They lose at the buzzer. Then they lose in overtime to Boston. Another game they could have won. So is it really that far-fetched that this Raptors team could have been, what, heading into this game 21-0? It's not that far-fetched. So, like, all this talk about the schedule that they played, you only play who's in front of you. And on top of that, they beat Boston, right, first game of the year. They beat the Lakers. That's also a pretty good team. Like, it's not like they've played just all, like, you know, the Phoenix Suns and, like, the Brooklyn Nets. And it, it hasn't just all been against Atlanta. They took care of those teams, yes. But, I mean, hey, this is a big win. A massive win. And you know why this is also a big win? Sorry, I'm, I'm, before I get to my next point, I'll, I'll just read this comment here as it pops up. Let's keep in mind our strength of schedule has not been great thus far, especially when you compare it to Milwaukee's strength of schedule. Listen, all these things even up, right? And that's cool. It's fine. It's okay. You play who's in front of you. At the end of the day, you look at your schedule, and that's all you can do. The Raptors played, you know, Utah is supposed to be a great team, right? They took care of them. The T-Wolves with Jimmy Butler, I don't care what anybody says, that's still a good team. The Wizards are supposed to be good. They beat them twice. Utah Jazz, supposed to be a good team. The Raptors beat them in Utah. The Lakers have LeBron James. They beat them. Like, I don't know. All you can do is, is play who's in front of you. But the reason why this game tonight in Memphis, you quiet some of that schedule talk, but you get this game before you play Golden State on Thursday. And that, folks, is a big game. That is what I like to call the show-me games, right? Because you have different regular season games, but then you have the next level where you know your guys are getting up for, right? I hope Steph Curry plays. I want to see I want to see the Raps and Warriors go at it. I hope Steph and Draymond play. The crowd will be rocking. You know Drake's going to be courtside talking smack. Like I just want to see this I want to see that game. I just want to see it. There's Kawhi. Kawhi is going to he's obviously going to play cuz it's not the second night of a back-to-back. It's just it's a great show me game. And again, if the Raptors lose, they lose, whatever, but I'm more focused on how they're playing, right? And the process of this season. The wins and the record, great. You know, that's cool. Of course you want to win games. But it's about the process. And when you see games like tonight, and the fact that you're able to, when things aren't going your way early, you gut out a victory, you find a way to win on the road in a pretty tough place to play against a pretty difficult team to play against. And... Pay attention to that. Memphis, they're pressing. There's a lot of pressure. They're forcing turnovers. They're trapping at certain points. They're super physical. The drives to the basket, like Marcus Gasol is a former uh, defensive player of the year, right? Like that's a tough team to play against. And it's a tough team to play. Like defensive teams like Memphis are hard to come back against because they play defense, right? The Raptors just said, no problem. We got this. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like the schedule talk was just people trying to like 
find something to talk about to poke at what's going on with this start. As someone points out, don't sleep on Orlando either. They swept LeBron's Lakers, which is true. Orlando's better than people thought, right? All I'm saying is I, I think that all that whole narrative about the schedule, while it was true, I think it was they came in with the fourth easiest schedule in the NBA. I think that was the stat I saw from Michael Grange earlier today. Cool. Take that for what it's worth, but whatever, man. Just play the games. It's about the process. They're still working their way through. Kawhi's still getting integrated. Kawhi still has to figure out. This was a thing, too, where you notice how much Kawhi still has to figure out, right? Because early in the game, they were blitzing him. When he was coming off screens, they were double-teaming him, and he wasn't sure where to pass it to. And what's going to happen with more time, with more experience, is as soon as that double team comes, he's going to know where everyone else is going to go, right? And it's going to just be, okay, pressure's coming from this way, this is where I'm making the pass. It's going to be so much easier as the time goes along and Kawhi gets used to his teammates. And we're not even there yet. But the biggest thing I need to emphasize, because I feel like it's getting slept on, in this country, is that the Raptors are the best team in the NBA right now. The Toronto Raptors have the best team in the NBA right now. Think about that for a second. After everything that's gone on in the past, what, six months? Going back to LeBronto and the Raptors just embarrassing themselves to LeBron and the Cavs again, getting swept out of the playoffs, the firing of the coach, the reigning coach of the year, the trading of your franchise player. Do you know the balls it takes to do that? To fire the coach, the would-be coach of the year? Like, it was, the assumption was out there, Casey could win coach of the year. Do you know the balls it takes to fire your, your coach of the year and then trade the face of your franchise? And now look where the Raptors are. And I know that this season isn't about the regular season. I know it's about the playoffs. Trust me, I get it. I understand all that. But listen, Raptors fans, you don't get to just brush over a regular season where you can say you're the best team in the league. You don't get to brush over that. Your resume doesn't allow you to brush over and just be like, uh, we're in first place in the league. Not a big deal. I watched too many Raptor games with Jose Calderon being the starting point guard. Too many Raptor games of Andrea Bargnani. Too many Raptor games of Jamario Moon. Being like, maybe he's the piece that can fill in on the wing and be our wing defender. I watched too many of those Rafaela Rujo, too much of that trash to just sit here and, and be the best team in the NBA and, and the legitimately the best team in the NBA. And I, I'm, I know sometimes it sounds like I'm knocking DeMar DeRozan and I don't mean to. At best, maybe it's like a, a sorry. Maybe at worst, it comes off as like backhanded compliments towards DeMar DeRozan, and I don't mean it to come off like that. But when you look at this Raptors team, it's not hyperbole when you're saying they could make it to the NBA Finals, right? You watch the flashes from Kawhi Leonard. You watch the flashes of an engaged Kyle Lowry, the changes that Nick Nurse has made within the offense. He's been able to show adjustments so far. The way that they're playing, the... It's just a different team. And I just remind you, think about where you've come from, Raptors fans, and think about where you are now. And enjoy it. 
Because again, this is the best Raptors team we've ever seen. And I don't sound crazy for saying that. So my message, enjoy it. Uh, as I go back to the chat, it says, it feels great. Seriously, north over everything. Another comment here says, in Maasai, we trust. Also from Instagram, someone says, they also remember Jared Jack. <laughs> and I don't mean to throw, I am throwing shots. I can say that I don't mean to throw shots, but I'm definitely throwing shots, right? I apologize. It's not what I'm intending to do. I'm just trying to say we can't, we can't just, you know, brush over being the best team in the league while you have potentially a top five player in the league and the depth that this team has had. All I'm saying. Uh, more comments here on in the Periscope chat, which is Twitter. For those who might not know, Twitter turns into Periscope, same thing. Uh, more comments here. You're not lying, bro. It's a different feel this season. Uh, what are the chances Steve Kerr sits everyone? I don't think that's a thing. Uh, I, I don't think that's a thing. Steve Kerr wouldn't do that. Plus, like, they're struggling as of late, right? Like, they struggled to come back and barely beat the Magic. Kevin Durant had to put in a big, big, big-time game. And those guys, they want to get up for games like this, right? The whole pop and resting teams, I think that was pop mind games, but also those guys were all at a different stage of their career when pop started that trend. Right of resting Manu and Park and Tony and and Tim Duncan, this is different, right? I think Steph's gonna play. I think Steph wants to play. I think the Warriors want that smoke, right? Like you gotta remember the regular season of the Warriors. There are very few games that actually matter to them. In Toronto is one of those, especially when you bring up the fact that Clay Thompson is talking about how it could be a Finals preview. The players want that smoke. They want to play that game. So I'm excited. I, I can't wait. I'm super excited for that game. Can't wait. Uh, more comments. Grievous Vasquez. I will not allow Grievous Vasquez slander because I remember Grievous Vasquez. I enjoyed Grievous Vasquez's, Grievous Vasquez's time in Toronto. I'll never forget that three he hit to send it to send game one against the Wizards, was it? Yeah. Game one against the Wizards, Grievous hit the three to send it into overtime and the shimmy back down the court. I'll never forget that. I was at that game screaming my ass off. I think that was the first time when, like, I wasn't actually covering the team by then, obviously. Um, I think I was, like, two years removed from covering the team. Two or three years, actually. It's been a while. But either way, no Grievous Vasquez slander. I will not slander Grievous. Um, let's see what else we got here. The Raptors have been relevant six, my, since my six-year-old son has been alive. <laughs> I mean, that is pretty crazy, right? There are little kids that just know the Raptors as being good. Isn't that crazy? A six-year-old kid would just think the Toronto Raptors are great. They're just always this good. We're always in the playoffs, right? That to me is crazy. That to me is amazing. But... As a wise man once said, what a time to be alive, right, Raptors fans? Let me know what you think. Send us your comments in the comment section, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Let me know what you think about the Raptors' chances against Golden State, how that game's going to go. But as of now, enjoy the next two days because the next two days is when the bandwagon's going to start building, right? 
all of the entities that should be talking about the best team in the NBA that is in their city, they'll all start piling on and being like, oh yeah, the Raptors are good. As if we're going to act surprised as if this is a thing when they got one of the best players in the league, they added more depth. I don't know. I'm just saying, be prepared, Raptors fans, for it to swing the complete opposite way where it's going to be everyone giddy, everyone on the bandwagon. And I mean, hey, I know it's early, but the Raptors are 18 and four. The best team in the NBA. They've won six games in a row. They just came back from 17 down to beat the Memphis Grizzlies, a very tough Memphis Grizzlies team in Memphis. I'm, I'm still like, I'm almost speechless. I know I've just talked for, what, 30-plus minutes. And to say that I'm speechless sounds kind of crazy. But the way that this game went down the end, right? Freddie just hitting big shots. Kyle hitting big shots. Kawhi hitting big shots. Like, it was just so, so good. I, I don't know what to make of this Raptors team. So I'm going to take my own advice and just enjoy the ride, right? Enjoy the ride my best advice i can give right so thank you guys as always people on instagram thank you at sheldon alexander and again the people on twitter at shell alexander where you can find this podcast after each and every toronto raptors basketball game especially on thursday we will be fired up i have a feeling a couple of my friends are going to call me up and want to be in attendance for the podcast on Thursday against the Golden State Warriors. I just get that feeling. I don't know. The hype machine is going to build over the next two days. And thank you for joining me as I try to pump up the hype machine. Because again, this is for Raptors fans, right? There's nothing that exists where Raptors fans can congregate after the game and discuss their team. Their team that happens to be the best team in the NBA. Again, the best team in the NBA is in Toronto. So again, thank you for joining me. My name is Sheldon Alexander. You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, Instagram at Sheldon Alexander, and this podcast. If you're listening to this live, thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate all the questions. But if you don't happen to catch any of these shows live, it turns out what you can get on Apple, Apple iTunes. You can get it on SoundCloud. You can get it on Google Play. Just search On Blast Podcast and you'll find this Wrap It Up On Blast Postcription. Sound good? Right? Pretty cool. And a special shout out to the YouTube people. Huge shout out there. I'm enjoying the comments. I can't wait to see the comments after this game because this was, I think this was the best win of the season so far for the Raptors. So, hey. I look forward to interacting with people because, again, this is a live conversation, but this is just me talking. That's not what I want from this. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from people, and I want to read your comments and let you guys in on the conversation because this is a conversation. Again, best team in the league. So thanks again for joining me, and as I close each and every Raps podcast, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.